0: We are sinners, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I wasn't planning on praying any of this. Um, so I'm just trying to sense what God wants to do in this place. Um, I think this word, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, the idea here is that your motivation matters. It is not just just going through the routine, through the steps. There is beauty in rhythm and rhythm and liturgy and routine and steps, but, but, but that beauty turns ugly, it turns offensive if our hearts are not in it. And That God is after the hearts in this room. That, that motivation deeply, deeply matters. And I had a funny story, a funny illustration. I was very excited to tell it. Um, I'm just sensing whether or not to do it. I guess I'll tell it. God wants to get to our motivations. He wants to get to your heart. He Wants to get to your heart. So um, you guys don't know me, but I was actually I was the top athlete in my high school. Um, top in the class, just, man, slate it, um, it's really quite impressive, it's impressive when people hear that, um, it's, people seem to be less impressed when I tell them I was homeschooled, um, <laughs> then it just, they're like, wow, top, oh man, that's so cool, then less impressed after that, but yes, I, I was homeschooled, and um, As a homeschooler, you didn't at first didn't get to go to a lot of the high school, the public high school dances. Um, But uh, one year, I think it was—I was probably midway through my freshman year. Hadn't ever been to any school dance. Didn't do any of the middle school dances. Girl in my youth group asked me um, to—I think homecoming it was. She asked me to homecoming, and I was very excited. Um, She was cute. She'd gone through puberty and stuff. I hadn't. I was a late, late bloomer real late bloomer. Um, so, you know, that was exciting, and and I just, I got all ready for that night, and then just thinking, man, what, you know, what is her motivation? She wants to take me to the dance. She's going to bring her to her high school. Like, this is great. Like, I got my best uh, khakis out, Dockers, I remember, and I think I wore, like, my coolest sandals with socks, and... Um, my bowl cut just had the bowl cut was just smooth that day like every hair was in the right place and um you know not driving yet so my parents dropped me off at this restaurant it's group dating scene you know it's like you drop off and every you know kid in the high school get dropped off at the same restaurant we're sitting around the table and i got there before she got there and uh sitting around the table and you're just kind of waiting there and i knew um some some of the guys there I knew, I'd played soccer with some of them. One of the guys is like, hey, man, who's, who's your date? Who's your date? And I was like, oh, it's Christina Benson, you know, she's it's Christina. He says, oh, yeah, 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 wait. He stops and he just goes, wait, Luke. And he looks over to this guy next to him, Luke, aren't you going with Christina? And they're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, go- I'm going with her. I, I asked her, I'm like, well, I'm going with her. Now we're just waiting for her to show up and resolve the matter of who's going with her. And she shows up, and we both stand up with our, you know, bouquet of flowers, and we kind of both walk towards her, just eyeing each other. And she just greets us both. It's the biggest greeting, a huge hug, and greets me with a huge hug. And, oh, great, great. I'm like, not great. And then she kind of pulls me aside, and she goes, Jake, um... So, great news, Luke Thompson, who is like my biggest crush just yesterday, asked me to homecoming, and I'm like, oh, she's like, I, I, I would have told you, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings, and I'm like, ah, oh, you really screwed that up, but <laughs> that was your goal, and she's like, so, you know, we'll go with both of us, and this and that, and and, and, and I got to go to homecoming, and I got to go to the dance, and this time, this was before cell phones were invented, you know, because at this time, like, if this happened to you now, you'd just pull out your cell phone, you'd call your parents, and be like, come pick me up. Nah, there's no cell phone, there's no, like, I was just stranded, you know, and went to the dance with the two of them. I remember she's like, oh, you want to do the group picture with us? I was like, hell no. <laughs> like... You guys go take your picture. I'm going to find some girls that don't have dates. <laughs> the idea here is that, you know, maybe it was nice that she brought me to dance, and she thought she actually took me to the dance, and she was my date for the dance, but motivation kind of mattered here, didn't it? Like, she didn't, she was, I was a, a late backup plan, and when Luke, who just, like, talk about a lazy, I mean, come on, ask her a few weeks in advance, bro dashing like the day before steps in. The motivation mattered. I, I, I wasn't happy that I got to go to the dance. I wasn't happy that I went to the dance with Christina. I wasn't glad for this whole thing. It was one of the most horrifying events of my entire life. I've, I've shared this story before in sermons and literally have had people come up after and they're just, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry that happened to you. Motivation matters. What is... Your motivation in your relationship with God. What is your motivation in your relationship with God? The the, the scripture here says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And it asks you, do you settle for less than than God's presence? Is your motivation for the things you do in life that, that God would be with you and in it and that he would be glorified, that people would see God and that you would see God working in your life? Are you just going through the motions of life? And we can settle for less. And I love this story of Moses. If you guys have your Bibles, you can go with me to Exodus uh, chapter 33. And some of you might know this story, Exodus. um, Moses had just led God's people, the Israelites, out of slavery and did so incredibly miraculously and, and provided for them and rescued them. But then Moses goes to spend time with God to get the law on this mountain. He goes away from the Israelites. And the Israelites, they don't have this, they don't desire to see God. They don't care if they see God. They just want to see something. And so they ask Aaron to build a golden calf. Instead of the living God, they just want to worship a statue. And and I think that can so much be like our lives. I don't. We don't care if the... the that what we're doing in life, the what we're going through in life, that God shows up and is in the midst of it. We just want to see something happen. We want, if we're in a terrible circumstance, we don't care if God wants to work in and through that circumstance. We just want to get out of the circumstance, right? We're so often just, maybe it's comfort, maybe it's attention, maybe it's money, maybe it's whatever it is, we're just, we, we can move forward. Maybe with God in the midst of there as a prayer, is hey, God, give me this or get me out of that, or and we'll just settle. I want to ask you, are you settling for less than the presence of God in your life? And we'll follow that up with where are you settling for less than God's presence? Where are you okay with? just being comfortable. Where are you okay with just maybe staying out of... Uh, uh, we can be so okay with just comparison. Well, at least I'm not as bad as this person, right? Democrats in the room, well, at least I'm not a Republican. right? Republicans in the room, well, at least I'm not a Democrat, right? Just it, At least I'm not this. At least I'm not that. And we can just settle... And they settle for this golden calf. They settle for this statue. And God's rightfully so angry. He's rescued them. And their motivations aren't to be with him. Their motivations are just whatever is right in front of me. But Moses is different. Moses, while not perfect, he longs to be with God. And I, I love this in Exodus thirty three fifteen. Listen, Listen to Moses' words to God. Moses is calling him to continue to lead them, and he's going to lead them to the promised land. It's going to be this beautiful land where they'll have health and wealth and prosperity and the land flowing with milk and honey, and it's just going to be... And you think that this would be great, and he's going to continue to bring the people up to here. God's saying, continue to lead them. And Moses says this in verse 15, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Don't continue to lead us to the promised land if your presence isn't with me. How many of us can say that with Moses, that we, with a pure heart, just, God, I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care if you bless me in this area of my life if you're not actually with me in it. A pure-hearted life is a life that says, I want to see God in my life. A pure-hearted ministry is, I want to see God in this ministry, not just God, get me through this, or God, give me this, or God, you're on the outskirts, but, but pure heart, it says, God, if you're not with me, if you're not in the midst, if your presence isn't going with it, then, then forget it. I want to go where your presence is. Since if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? And he says this. Moses saying, who, who are we, the Israelites. Are we people that have been rescued? Are we people that are going to live in this promised land? Who are we? He says, Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. Who are you? Who are you? What is your identity? What is the identity that your heart longs for? Are you, I'm a good mom. I'm a hard worker. I'm a faithful person. I'm wealthy. I'm successful in this area. I'm a failure. I'm an addict. I'm. What is your identity that you're trying to grip or that has a grip on you? Moses says, who are we? He didn't care that they've been rescued. He didn't care that they could keep going to the promised land. He says, who we are is your people, God. He says, and if we're not your people, then what's the point? If you are not with us, then what's the point? What makes us distinct, he says, is that we love God and God loves us. Who are you? Are you settling for an identity that is that is lesser than the maker of heavens and earth, the rescuer of your soul, the king of the universe is your God. That he is with you, that he loves you. The one that knows all your sins. Your secret porn addiction your all your all your crap all your junk all your baggage he knows it he knows it and still loves you and still cares for you and still desires you why would we settle for anything less than that Moses is just has got this pure heart and says now this is this is don't don't go for me and god doesn't go from him and and you, you begin to see uh if we go to chapter a chapter later, a chapter later, this is going to be God's response. God is going to stay with His people. He's going to stay with Moses. And Moses is going to keep seeking God with his pure heart. And listen to this in chapter 34, 34 verses 29-35. through 35. It says this, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. Moses would spend this time with God. God's presence was with him to the point that when he came out and the people... His face shined. It shined so brightly they had to put a veil over it. It's just this crazy, mysterious, mystical thing that is going on. But do you long to see God with that or do you settle for less? Do you know the God's presence? He wants to meet with you and then shine through you. And we begin to see who He is and what He's done for us. Then we begin to long for this presence. We begin to long for this presence. I grew up in a Christian home and would go to church on some Sundays when there wasn't like a good football game on or I didn't have like a soccer tournament or whatever. Um, and I went. In, I grew up in a pretty religious church, there was a lot of just kind of junk, it's a long just junk church story um, where you just kept your sins secret and hidden and you just believed that maybe God was um, angry or upset with you. and. Uh, Churches had a lot of of rough stories. Um, my youth pastor stole money from the church, used it to buy porn. Um, my music pastor molested my best friend and, and his three brothers. Um, just a lot of just junk and baggage. And if you, you didn't, you weren't allowed to 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 sin. And so if you did, you hit it. And I kind of grew up in that environment, and you know, up and down relationship with God in the midst of that. And I certainly, if I was sinning, I wasn't going to tell anyone. And, and then I, I, I met the real Jesus. I met the real Jesus. I found out that this Jesus died for people's sin. I found out that this Jesus knew everything that I had done, hidden or out in the open, and forgave me for it. I found out that his blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And when I found that out, that He forgave me, that He loved me, that He knew everything about me, that He drew me near, and I just wanted to be with Him. I wanted to be with Him. And I began to just seek God out and cry out to God and just, I pleaded that others would know this, this type of love, this type of forgiveness, this type of healing, this type of hope. The, the, the I realized, like no, it's not, it's not a joke, it's not a, just a story, it's not just a routine, it's not just religion, it's not just a fairy tale, this is, this is real. And I was always a passionate personality, I, just, I was looking for something to worship, looking for something to see, whether it was sports, or whether it was girls, or whether it was sports television, I worked as a sports television producer for years, I'd get really into things looking for what is the thing. And then I found that this is the thing. And if you are here and you believe, no, this is it. God is what we were created for. How can we settle for less? And then we begin to desire to meet with Him. And we don't deserve to see God because our hearts are not pure. We don't deserve to see God because our heart's not pure, but He invites us to see Him. He dies on the cross for us. His blood has the power to purify us. Purify us. Purify us from our sins so that we can see Him. The cross gives us access. What I think Moses had was a transformed and transforming presence. That's my prayer for, for us as the church. That we'd have a transformed and transforming presence. What I mean by this is that we would so see God, so enjoy God's presence, so be in His presence, that we'd be transformed by His presence, so that we would then go forth and be a transforming presence in the world. Do you know what your heart longs for in relationship? Presence. Do you know what our culture does not give to one another? Presence. How many of us, you you try to talk to someone, and they're just... On the phone. So just the entire time. I went on a date with my wife and um, just this just last weekend went to Old Spaghetti Factory. I like that place is a good deal. You get salad, bread, the meal, and they give you a little spamoni cup and like the whole thing. And it's like, it all comes included, you know? You don't have to buy the appetizer. Or the salad is a side thing because you always got to get the salad if you're going with a girl and then pay for the dessert later. Like it all just comes as part of the price. But we're sitting there and, um, there was this big group of girls there, high school girls, I think, that um, probably going to some sort of homecoming thing. Um, They're sitting there at this table, about 25 of them, and 23 of them were on their phones the entire time. This selfieing on the table, this and that. And, and it, 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 we're not present to one another. We're not present to one another. I believe this if you would begin to just become present to God and present to one another, you would start seeing your lives and the lives around you completely transformed. We are hungering, hungering for just to find people that would just listen to us. We live in a culture now where where people don't listen. You have to pay someone to listen. Ninety percent of therapy and psychology is just people listening. We're just paying to find someone to listen. We've we've lost the sense of of being a, a community of presence with one another. Instead, we all just have to pay individuals. So we'll hire a personal trainer now in sports. You gotta get your personal coaching rather than just being the team coached up. Like everyone's gotta get a personal trainer if they want to get somewhere. You have to hire your personal counselor, your personal psychologist, your life coach. Back in the day, that used to just be people listening to one another, caring for one another's hearts, tending to one another's presence. I believe Jesus is inviting us into his transforming presence so that we can begin to be a transforming presence to others. And I believe we're settling for so many other things. Busyness, idolatry, technology addiction. I want to ask you, what are you settling for? What are you settling for? The gospel invites us into something so much bigger I'm going to close with reading you guys this passage from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verses 11 through 16. L- listen to this. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Talking about the temptations of money and senseless, harmful desires, and uh, just that's what he's talking about before. He says, flee these things. What are the things keeping you from seeking out the presence of God? Flee them. Flee them. I'm off all social media. I'm off all social media. And I know, I know that by being off social media, I'm missing out on a lot of things. A lot of good things. There's fundraisers that's happened. There's old friends that I can connect with. And I'm not saying you should get out. There's a ton that I'm missing out on. But what I started to notice is that my mind was being drawn to it all the time. That I was going to it too much. That I'd become addicted to my phone, and my technology, and my social media, and I realized if I get off it, I will miss out on a lot of things, but being on it, I'm missing out on more important things. Being on it, I was missing out on just moments with my kids where they were just wanting to laugh and play, And but being on it, I was missing out on moments with the Lord that He wanted to just connect with me in these little pauses during the day. You know, our day is just made up with all these little pauses, all these little moments, and in these little moments, we can stop and say, God, what are you doing in our midst? Or we can look at our phone. And I realize, and I'm still still battling it, but I realize, man, it's not worth what it is costing me. And so I'm off it. Just flee these things. If there's something keeping you from the presence of the maker of heaven and earth, flee it. Flee. don't flirt with it. Don't think you're the one that has the self-control when you know you don't be honest. There are areas in our life where we don't have self-control. We pretend we do. It's cool. I was homeschooled, so I don't know if the second half those after that. Flee these things. Pursue righteousness,
1: godliness,
0: faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. It is going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. You have to fight for the presence of God in your life. Not fight to earn it, because the cross has earned it. But you have to fight to be aware of it. Not get so distracted and so bogged down. Fight the good fight of faith to keep trusting. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession presence of many witnesses. Take hold of it in fusion. He says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things. And if Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius has made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. This is what we are waiting and longing for. The King of Kings who is at the right hand of the Father, will appear again. Heaven will meet with earth, He will make all things new, and we will see Him perfectly without sin in our own life and without sin around us for all of eternity. Church, let us not hope for anything less than that. Let us not live for, or desire, or delight in anything anything more than that
1: vision, that picture,
0: that promise. which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable life. That's his holiness. Unapproachable life, who no one has ever seen or conceived. Let him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. You will see. Those of us who have trusted in Jesus will see. If you're here, you haven't trusted in Jesus. He invites you. He tied on the cross to forgive you. It's nothing you can earn, it is a gift. One day He will come back.